Hi, this is Terry Sylvester from the Hollies, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. And I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Brace yourself, it's time for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm suffering with a cold, but we're going to try to get through this one. This is episode 486 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Terry Sylvester of the Hollies is going to be joining us. He gave us the air that I breathe. He ain't heavy, he's my brother. Long, cool woman in a black dress and so many other great hits. Terry Sylvester is coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. So get ready for that. And we've also got a lot of remakes coming your way. A little information on a Spielberg uh, one that... uh remake that we're talking about and also you know the zach efron movie coming away whole bunch of stuff it's time for remake madness right here on on screen and beyond remake madness well the remake of the masters of the universe has hit a snag it looks like david s goyer who wrote the script was scheduled to direct but due to scheduling will not be able to direct the film sony is now looking for a replacement And let's see, on November 9th, 2018, the CGI remake of How the Grinch Stole Christmas will arrive, starring the voice of Benedict Cumberbatch. That's the date for that one. And Steven Spielberg, he's moving along with his planned remake of West Side Story. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming away as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies. It looks like Zac Efron will star in Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. Now, that's a movie about the serial killer Ted Bundy. And Jim Parson, Sheldon from uh, Sheldon Cooper, uh, you know, uh, the Big Bang Theory, he's also going to be in the film. He's going to be playing the lead prosecutor in the film, and there's no release date on that yet. Emily Blunt will be the female lead opposite Dwayne Johnson in Disney's The Jungle Cruise. So that is moving along. And Tom Hanks, he's going to be starring as Mr. Rogers in a biopic about the TV icon called You Are My Friend. No date on the release on that one yet. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. Right here on On Screen and Beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequels coming your way. Well, it looks like a sequel to Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, is in the works. And it's uh, no doubt because, uh, you know, it's been the number one movie for quite a few weeks. And director Mike Flanagan, who directed Stephen King's Gerald's Game, 
is uh, going to be directing Doctor Sleep, which was the King uh, Stephen King's sequel to The Shining. And Mission Impossible Six will be called Mission Impossible Fallout, and it hits theaters on July twenty seventh, two thousand eighteen, and it stars Tom Cruise. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? TV on DVD, it looks like on March 13th, CBS's All Access is The Good Fight Season 1 will be arriving on DVD. And Baskets, the complete second season, comes to Blu-ray and DVD. And it's available now from Fox MOD. And... Rowan and Martin's Laughing Season 2 will be hitting DVD on May 8th. Get ready for that. And that's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? Movies on DVD, it looks like Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, will be hitting digital release on March 6th and Blu-ray and DVD on March 20th. March 27th, you can look for the Sandlot 25th Anniversary Collector Edition, and that's on Blu-ray. And Phantom Thread with Daniel Day-Lewis will be arriving on March 27th. And that's it for Movies on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, well, on mid-April. That's when Netflix will bring the return of Stranger Things Season 3. Now, Season 3 will only have eight episodes, one less than Season 2. So uh, it's kind of strange that they'd be doing that. You'd think they'd be increasing it with the popularity of it. Anyways, Arnold Schwarzenegger will star in a TV show on Amazon called Outrider. It's listed as a Western. And sadly, this week, Mickey Jones... The first guest here at On Screen and Beyond, and we also had him for a second time. And uh, he was also the drummer for Kenny Rogers in the first edition, Bob Dylan, and also for uh, so many other things. And and on TV, he was on Home Improvement, and he was in many movies. And sadly, he has passed away at the age of 76. Mickey was a great guy. I had uh, the opportunity to interview him uh, in person, every time I interviewed him, not just on the phone. And uh, like I say, he's sadly going to be missed. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's Celebrity Birthdays. We baked you a birthday cake. If you get a tummy ache and you moan and groan and woe, don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Celebrity Birthdays, well... On February 12th, Josh Brolin will turn 50. On February 13th, Jerry Springer turns 74. And on February 14th, Simon Pegg turns 48. February 15th, Jane Seymour turns 67. And on February 16th, it looks like Ice-T will turn 60. February 17th, Gordon Joseph Levitt turns 37. And on February 18th, John Travolta turns 64. That's it for celebrity birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, well, uh, Hope L. of Lansing, Michigan, turns 57 on February 16th. If you, a friend or relative, are going to be having a birthday, send the information to me in advance, before the birthday, of course, so we can get it on the show, 
And everybody who listens to On Screen and Beyond will be wishing you a very happy birthday. So uh, celebrate with everybody here at On Screen and Beyond. Send me the information. And that's it for listener and celebrity birthdays. Uh, coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, got a great guest coming your way. Terry Sylvester, great guy. He was uh, with the Hollies, and they had uh, hits like The Air That I Breathe and He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother, and Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress. A lot of great music from them because they had earlier hits, too. But that was before Terry got on to the group. He came on later and had those other hits. And uh, he's going to be coming on. He's going to be talking about all of that. Terry Sylvester, next on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond is a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, as well having been in the rock groups The Swinging Blue Jeans and The Hollies, and he sang He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother, The Air That I Breathe, and Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress, among many others. He is appearing across the U.S. this year singing all his hits. It's Terry Sylvester. Terry, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you. Nice to be here. Terry, it's such an honor to have you on the show. Uh, I loved your music uh, that you played all you know since since your early years, and uh, it's it's such a thrill to have you on here. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm, I feel blessed because, you know, when I first started out in Liverpool all those years ago, um, you know, we never we never thought we were gonna be singing more than you know six months and then we'd you know go back to work <laughs> but uh, it's amazing <laughs> 2017 and and uh oh dear a lot of water under the bridge and it, it's been it's been fantastic and who knew who knew this would kind of happen i know geez I, and now when you're at these concerts that you're playing now uh it, it i'm sure there's all age groups there but but the smiles on their faces that when you start singing your songs must be a, a thrill just for you to be able to do that to bring happiness oh, totally i i i probably enjoy being on stage more now than i i did then because you know, the older you get, the more you appreciate. And, uh, you know, I mean, we were on tour. <laughs> we were, like, uh, touring the world, especially, in the, you know, the Hollies, touring the world and just doing shows every night, you know, all year round. And, we, we you know, it was fantastic. But it, it all it all happened so quick, you know. And, and uh, yes, we did appreciate it because we were all, you know, northern lads, um, and just basically regular people who just got thrown into this. And we basically, uh, we've always felt lucky that, that we could do what we enjoy doing. Yeah. And, and get, get paid for it as right. well. <laughs> That's a plus. <laughs> so now, how young were you when you actually first started in, in starting doing rock and roll music in a band? Well, it was, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, I was born and raised in Liverpool uh, in, in a, an area called uh, Allerton, which, uh, and, uh, you know, Paul McCartney lived in the next road and his brother Mike, who I knew better than Paul because Paul was five years older than me, but I knew Paul. But, we, we, you know, we, and we were kind of, you know, my mum and dad, working class. My dad was a policeman. My mum worked in a school as a school helper. 
uh, didn't have any brothers and sisters, and you know, I mean, it was just a very, you know, we were coming off the, you know, the Second World War was only, you know, uh, 15, 12, 15 years, you know, past, and I was born in 1947, and the, the, you know, the war didn't finish till 45. So, I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. That Liverpool was a bomb site wow. because, you know, it, 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 it was a port, and. Uh, you know, just like in war, you know, you, you bomb the place to stop things going on. Liverpool was a bomb site, and that's the kind of the first 12 or 15 years of my life. That that's it, it was pretty uh, ordinary to say the least. Wow. But um, my dad was a musician. He played trombone uh, in in the police band. Uh, he was in the police band and used to go marching up and down, you know, all, you know, all the town hall displays and all these things. And then he uh, he got me into, he loved Glenn Miller. And he used to play albums, as they were in those days. Mm -hmm. They were like picture books with, you know, 78s in. Right. And he would play, you know, and I, I really enjoyed listening to all that stuff because there wasn't much on the radio in, in those days. Uh, the, the, the BBC was, was, you know, it was Mantovani or nothing. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I really got into, I, I remember liking the harmonies on, on the Glenn Miller, you know, all the instruments and all the things that were going on. I was in a school choir as well, so I knew about harmony and I knew about singing. Uh, but then I remember watching... Uh, the Perry Como show. We used to get very, very few TV shows uh, in in England of, of musical stuff, you know, apart from, as I said, Mantovani and orchestras and everything, which I like. Mm -hmm. But I remember watching the Perry Como show, and his guest that week was the Everly Brothers. And I don't think I ever got over that because wow. as soon as I heard those two guys singing like they did, I, I, that was it. I knew that's what I, that's what I wanted to do. Hmm. Yeah. Now you started. In, was your first group the Escorts? Is that the what you started? The Escorts. That, yeah, that was when I was at. Uh, I'd like to say it was called a high school, but I'm afraid it was more a low school. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. It was. A, a, you know. I mean, we were 13, 14. Started to play the guitar. As I said, what's the Everleys on TV? Cliff Richard. And the shadows, you know, the, the great. He's a fabulous singer. Oh, yeah. Ended up being a good friend as well. He, I mean, I really enjoyed that kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, they, they, this was our upbringing, and and and. But we did. We were starved. We were basically starved of, of music. Us youngsters, those baby boomers, as as they're called, I suppose, mm -hmm. and. Uh, so the only thing would be like the Perry Como show. There was a maybe one pop show on the BBC a week, but then there was Radio Luxembourg, which was a commercial station based in Luxembourg that used to beam a very very bad signal into the UK. But we used to listen to all the pop songs from from the states, and uh, and that's how it all started really. Yeah. Now, I understand that you attended school with uh, Joey Milan. Sorry, was that Joey Milan from Badfinger? Joey was a uh, yeah. Joey was a neighbour. Um, he he 
he was, I think he's a year younger than me. But, you know, when you're 16 and somebody else is 15, you don't hang around with those right. people. You know, <laughs> the age thing. No, Joey's a good lad, and he, he was a big fan of, of, of the escorts. Yeah. And, in fact, I'm doing a show with uh, Joey in, 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 in 10 days' time. Oh, really? Yeah. See, Joey was a guest on my show uh, quite a few oh, couple no, of years he's a back. Good, he's a great lad. He's yeah. a great lad. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay, now you're in the escorts. Uh, what made you swing over to the blue jeans, the swinging blue jeans? Oh, that's, that's a, oh you're punning away there. I like that. Um, well, what happened with the escorts, we just couldn't get a hit record. Uh, you know, we, we, we would drive down from London. Uh, there was one motorway in those days, the M1, but it didn't start um, until after you'd gone past Birmingham. So it was like a six-hour drive to London. And, we'd, and, and we went, went and made records at Fontana Studios, but we were so nervous, and we could hardly tune our guitars. And, and we'd, have, we'd have three hours to do an A and a B side. And, of course, we spent the first time we went there, we spent three hours trying to tune up, and it was a disaster. So, anyway, we, we, what the, uh, the thing was, we just couldn't get what you needed to you know, stop being the big local thing in Liverpool uh, to, to go on and then start touring around all over the UK and, and then Europe and then obviously eventually America. But without hits, you couldn't do it. Uh, so but in, 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 the, uh, in the manager of the escorts was also the manager of the Swinging Blue Jeans and they, you know, they were friends, much older than me. Uh, but they're, they're good friends because, you know, we shared the management and we mm -hmm. bump into each other. And they, they'd had Hippie Hippie Shake, right. big number one hit. And they used to come over to America and tell us all stories because I was jealous. I was pea green with envy. <laughs> but w what happened was that uh, the guitar player, Ralph Ellis, decided he, he didn't want to do any of this uh, rock and roll stuff anymore. And uh, the Blue Jeans asked me to join, and, and of course, it was while it was sad to leave my friends in the escorts, you know, school friends, uh, I had to look after myself, and uh, so I spent three years with the Blue Jeans, and I don't think I had a night off in three years, which was actually brilliant, because uh, I paid my dues, as they say. Mm-hmm, yeah. Wow. And now, uh, I jumped to the swinging blue jeans, but uh, the escorts, I understand that you guys did work with the Beatles? Oh, yeah. We, we were on the Cavern. We used to play the Cavern Club ah, all the time yeah. uh, when the Beatles, you know, played the Cavern Club before they made it. And, you know, there's big Beatle connections. Paul lived in the next road to me. Uh, my first job when I was... Just on my 15th birthday, I started my, I left school, and, and I wouldn't advise that to any kids these days, but I left school and went, went to uh, work in a garage as a, uh, we called it a panel beater. I, I believe it's a body shop repairman oh, over here, but uh, yeah. anyway, these are the days when you actually did have to beat the panels out, <laughs> because, uh, of course, yeah. Anyway, so my boss, my boss, on the first day... Uh, when I walked in, uh, uh, he said, Hi, young Terence, okay, uh, this is uh, what we're going to be doing. You're going to be making the tea in the morning and this, that, the other. And then he, then he said, what, uh, What's your interest, young Terence? And I said, Oh, well, I like 
I like football. I love, I love Liverpool Football Club. I nearly, I nearly played for them. Uh, they wanted me, but uh, I found it a little bit too, too tough, to be honest. Uh, and I also, you know, play guitar. And I've, I'm, I'm, I've got a group, you know. And he said, oh, he said, my, my younger brother. He said, he's in, he's in a group. They're in, they're in Hamburg at the moment. They're called the Beatles. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so, so along with that and the fact that when the escorts, we were doing, you know, uh, youth clubs, uh, those type of things. They were the shows we'd do in those days. And uh, our drummer was uh, a fellow called John Foster, whose cousin was Ringo Starr. And Ringo got us, the escorts, a residency at a club in Liverpool called the Blue Angel. And it, it, was, it wasn't like the cavern. It, this was like a nightclub. And uh, all the groups would, you know, once they'd done all their shows, Billy J. Kramer, Jerry and Bayface, the Beatles, they'd mm. all come down to the Blue Angel, you know, and party. And we were the resident group. So, so all that was going on, and it was all going on when I was like, you know, 16, 17. It wow. was amazing. Jeez. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> oh. You can't imagine, can you? <laughs> yeah, jeez. I mean, this, this, you know, this is uh, really amazing to listen to. Uh, now, uh, so you're you're with the Swing and Blue Jeans. You guys are doing you know fairly well. You've got some hits. Yeah, we were doing good. We, we we were playing. You know, we were touring. We did France, Germany. We went to Czech. We were in. Well, the, the whole uh, sorry, the the Swing and Blue Jeans were very big in Scandinavia, and we used to go all over Scandinavia and do shows. And we did a tour, a three week tour in Czechoslovakia, in 1968. And while we were there, there was tanks rolling around. Oh, jeez. You know, Prague. And uh, we were, in, we were made, based in Prague uh, for three weeks, and we were going to shows and then coming back to our little hotel. But there was tanks all over the place and soldiers. And, you know, we, we obviously asked, what's going on? And they said, oh, it's the Russians. They're doing, uh, you know, army maneuvers. Well, didn't they go and invade yeah. Czechoslovakia. Wow. Well, we got wind that they were going to because we were hanging around with a load of students, clever, clever people who knew, you know, what was going on. And they said, you, you need to get out. Uh, how, when's your tour finish? And we said, oh, two days' time. They said, well, you should go as soon as you can because you, you might get stuck here. This, this, we're going to get invaded. And, of course, we did get out. We flew back to London and uh, we opened the paper the next day, and it said Czechoslovakia invaded. Oh, jeez. Huh. So that was a little scary. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Jeez. Huh. Wow. So how did you how did you go from the swing of blue jeans to the Hollies? Okay, then you see when I was at the escorts, so we have to step back a bit, but like Back to the Future type stuff. Yep. <laughs> uh, the, the escorts did. We went to Germany. Uh, in 1965, and we did, we were, for a month, we played in a club called the Hit House in uh, Bavaria, 
in, in, well, it was in a place called um, Schwabing. The area was Schwabing in Munich. The fabulous, beautiful city. And we were there in the summer hanging around swimming pools. Uh, I mean, we were like, <laughs> we were 16, 17. And, hmm. you know, I mean, we, we couldn't speak a word of German. The girls couldn't speak a word of English. But, you know, somehow we, we managed to get round that all, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Hollies came out. I knew the Hollies because we used to do shows with them. They came out to uh, the Hit House, and they did uh, two shows there, and they did a show at uh, like a, a theatre in the round. It's, it's actually called the Circus Crone, and it's like they have it's a circus sometimes, but they also did pop concerts, and we were on that show, the escorts with them. Uh, but the, the, they would, uh, they would like at the end of the night when we were still playing, like Graham Nash, Alan Clark, Tony Hicks, they'd all jump up on stage, and join us to sing Everly Brothers songs, getting back to the Everlys. Yeah, wow. And so we you know we got friendly, and stepping forward now to December 1968 when Graham Nash decided to leave the Hollies and, and move to America. They basically, they thought that the Hollies were finished, the, 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 the rest of the group. Even though Graham wasn't the lead singer, Graham was the harmony singer, but he was, you know, he was quite the dominant character in the group. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, one of them, apparently, this is how the story goes, they were having a meeting and Graham walked out and that was the last time they saw him for a while. And, and they looked at each other and says, what are we going to do? And apparently the drummer, Bobby Elliott, turned around and said, what about Terry from the Escorts? And they made contact. How could I say no? Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm joining one of probably the top, third biggest group in the world at the time. Hmm. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Right, yeah. And, and, and after you got in, you, I mean, you guys had some amazing hits. Like I said, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother, and The Air That I Breathe, and Long Cool Woman. Well, that's, and... that was the thing. You see, the, I think the reason Graham left, uh, there's probably many reasons, private, you know, he, he was mm -hmm. splitting up for his wife and all sorts of stuff going on. But I think he was frustrated, uh, especially when he got singing with Stephen Stills, and Crosby, mm -hmm. and then, of course, Neil Young. But I think he, he, he kind of he, he, he thought that there's something else. There's, he realized there's something else out there beside, uh, you know, what, you know, singing Carry On and Bus Stop and all those things, which are great, don't yep. you? Yeah, I was yeah. absolutely delighted to be singing it. But he wanted to move on a bit. Thank, thank, thankfully, he did, and I'm happy. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then it's funny because when he left, we, the Hollies, we got a little bit more meaningful, if that's the expression, because you know we did a song called "Sorry Suzanne," yes. which was a big hit around the world, but not 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 big in America uh, mm -hmm. so much. But it was big, big all around the world, and it kind of re-established the Hollies. Um, and then, of course, the next song we, we discovered was He and Heavy's My Brother, which was the most meaningful song ever, oh, yeah. really. And it's still yes. the most meaningful song ever. And, of course, that opened up all, all sorts of different doors that had been, like, closed for the Hollies, really. And I remember we, we all met up with Graham um, about six, six months after he left. 
and of course we had here and heavy and he he kind of looked and said well, well, why were we doing stuff like that when I was with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, isn't that the way <laughs> no, that was a great song written by Bobby Scott and Bobby Russell and of course it's 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 a message to the world even in 2017 if, if if people could live by the lyrics of that song, I think I think the world would be a better place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. So uh, did there's, you... a, there's a nice little intro to he and heavy, isn't it? Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> now, now, Terry, with all the songs you've done, and 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 I mean, we've just had scratched the surface. I mean, you know, those were some huge hits you had, but you you wrote and you had a lot of hits, other songs. But is there a certain song that's your favorite personally? I I think because of everything that it was my second record. I, I do like Here and Heavy. I think that's my favourite. But mm -hmm. uh, obviously, you know, uh, Air I Breathe. Uh, that, that was 1974. We we hadn't had a really really big worldwide hit for a couple of years, which I suppose you know I shouldn't. You know, you don't complain about things like that because <laughs> we were playing every night. We were going to Australia. New Zealand, we were coming to the States, Canada, and we were busy, but we'd kind of, you know, your time runs out sometimes, and you, you stop having the hits, because the radio stations, uh, they're, they're onto all the stuff, and we're talking the 70s now, and the 70s, there was a whole different music situation going on, uh, in, in Britain, anyway, where we all lived, but uh, anyway, we, we discovered uh, the air that I breathe, which, funnily enough, again, the Everly Brothers heavily involved. Mm -hmm. How we discovered it was uh, our, our producer was a guy called, our A&R man producer, was a guy called Ron Richards. And he, his partner was George Martin, uh, you know, musical partner, you know, and they had a company called Air uh, London. Uh, and uh, there was uh, Peter Sullivan was the basically uh, it, this was the end of record companies having A and R men. These Ron Richards, Peter Sullivan, um, George Martin decided to go out on their own because they, they were just like paid producers. They wanted to be have a bit more power, and and that's what they did. So the Air London stable if you like had had basically had had the had the beatles well not so much the beatles because they packed up but they had paul mccartney they had the hollies they had tom jones engelbert humperdinck because of the producers they were making the records they were choosing the material anyway uh, um, george martin had a secretary called shirley who was listening to the radio one morning and heard an interview on the BBC with Phil Everly. And she was just listening, and then and, and, and they played a track of his album, which he had, a solo album, because the Everleys had, had split up. And it was the other I breathed, and she called, she called Ron Richards, uh, you know, who was, because she was his secretary, called Ron and said, I've just heard the Hollies' next hit. Hmm. Yeah. I've just heard it. You've got to get Phil Everly singing the air that I breathe because, and so it's not just George Martin that had good ears. The secretary had good right. ears. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> huh. And of course, in 1974, uh, it, it just went. So it was like number one all around the world, which was 
fantastic for us, and we, you know, it probably added another 10 years to our career. Yeah, yeah, oh, just great hits. I mean, it's, it's just amazing hits. Now, you also, uh, we had a guest a few years back named Alan Parsons, who was on the show, and you've worked with Alan. Well, Alan, Alan, uh, we, we, the first time he ever, his first day in the recording studio when he worked at Abbey Road as a, as a tape operator. Yes, yeah. It was with us. We were, we were doing some overdubs. And he, he came in, and he was like about six foot five, but he was nervous as a kitten. And he was, you know, probably, what am I? I'm, you know, yeah, I'm thinking he's probably about six or seven years younger than, than us. And he, he was, anyway, so he, he was just there as a tape off, and we, we, broke, we had a break for lunch, and we took him, we, you know, instead of just leaving him sat in the studio, we went down to the pub, which was round the corner from Abbey Road, and we said, come on, Alan, come on, come with us. And, and, and we, we kind of, you know, we were nice to him because we were northern lads. You know, we were, yes, we were top of the charts and everything like that, but we weren't snobs or anything like that. And, mm -hmm. and we, you know, so anyway, that, so he, we, he ended up doing a lot of sessions with us. And in fact, he was, he was the uh, tape op and uh, engineer i think he moved up from the tape operator to sitting at the desk he was on the uh, he he was on the other i breathe in 74 and then he called me one day and said look i'm doing something it's a bit of a secret i can't tell you much about it but i'd like you to sing a song on it it's an album it's a concept album so i didn't have a clue what i, I was just given a lyric sheet and and they played a demo of a, a song called to one in paradise mm -hmm. which was on the first it closes the the album on the first alan parsons project um tales of mystery and imagination and and yeah i sang lead on that i sang lead and alan and then i did some solo albums myself and alan produced uh, some stuff so yeah alan's a good friend of mine lives out in santa barbara I hope he's safe and sound after all the weather they've been having out there. Oh, yeah, jeez, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, so, uh, you know, here you are, you're, you're, you're still playing. Yep. And uh, do, you, do you still really get the, you said you got a charge still playing uh, for, you know, the same, same songs? You don't get tired of the songs? No, yeah, I, you know what, I, I do, I do, my act is... And, and I don't, I don't ever sing songs that no one's never heard because I find that a waste. I know some people like to go on stage and say, "Here's a song I wrote recently," and blah blah blah. But I, I sometimes, I, I, you know, I don't go out to watch other artists much. But when I do, or say I'm on the stage with some people, I, I look at the audience. And, and when they start singing songs that nobody knows, I notice the audience gets fidgety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't. F if I went to see the Everly Brothers, and they said we're going to, we're not going to sing any of our hits tonight. We're just going to sing all the new stuff. I'd, I'd stand up and walk out. Yeah. Because I know I'd be disappointed. Mm -hmm. So, but I know there are certain artists who, you know, need to get that creative buzz about their new stuff but i don't think the audience is really interested yeah and so i just sing 
Uh, I sing the hits, of course. I sing all the big hits. And I also throw in some songs that I like of other people, like I do... I always sing Till There Was You, Beatles. Mm -hmm. yeah. I always sing Don't Let The Sun Catch You Crying, mm -hmm. Jerry and Marsden, Jerry and the Pacemakers. Pacemakers, yeah. I always sing Make It With You, Bread. They're, they make me feel good on stage. Like, I suppose, some artists sing their new things, but I know that the audience know these songs and they like them. Yeah. And I, you know, I love it, and I'm, I, I enjoy... I enjoy, as I said at the beginning of this, I, I enjoy being on stage probably more now than ever. And got some great bands dotted around all over, all, all over the U.S. and the world. And, uh, you know, it, 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 who knew, as I said, who knew back in 1961 or whenever we all started? It's 2017, I'm still singing the same songs. <laughs> Yeah, oh, jeez. And, and they're great. Great to hear you singing them, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you see, years ago, the radio, obviously, the, the pirate, there was a, a period in the, in the 60s and the 70s when we, uh, the young, I think, basically, us young people in those days, <laughs> uh, we'd had enough of just to be the BBC playing classical music all day and talk shows, although talk shows are very popular now, as you know. Right. But So the BBC had to do something, and so they started having more pop, you know, like Radio 1, Radio 2, and now it's like, I think, you know, to Radio 9 now, you know, so... But I think what my point is, we we were so frustrated. Oh yeah, what used to happen was if you if 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 you had a hit record uh, and it was going up the charts, da da da, and it got to number one, number two, or number three, or whatever, as soon as that record started to go down, you would never hear that record again on the radio. Mm. Yeah, because there's no point. They were only playing songs that are going up. So there was. This is before oldies radio, of course. Right. Yeah. So there was no point. I mean, so once, once you would never hear that song that all of a sudden millions of people have bought, they would never hear that again on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. But then obviously the oldie station started, and uh, and thankfully now Sirius Radio and you know like like internet radio and everything. Right. Uh, yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Terry, if people want to find out where you are playing, because I know you have a list of uh, places that you're coming up this year, uh, where can they find that information? What's the best you place can, to go? I have a website. Uh, it's very simply terrysylvester.com, T-E-R-R-Y-S-Y-L-V-E-S-T-E-R.com, and it's up to date. And uh, I do have, I've got, I've got about, 12 dates coming up this year already. I've got a couple uh, that I haven't signed the contract yet, so I can't. I, I don't want to mention them yet, but I'm doing Boca Raton in nine, ten days. That's with Gary Lewis and the Playboys mm -hmm. and the Vogues. Uh, and then the following night, I'm up in Columbus. I'm hoping the weather improves up there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm doing a show with Joey Molland. Yeah, of of Badfinger. Yeah, and 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 so and they're the shows I like doing. I like doing shows with where there's other artists on because it, it's much more fun. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's it's and, and and you know we have a laugh and you know we support each other. I love doing shows with Peter Noon from Herman's Hermits. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. He, he's a great guy. He always gets a great crowd. And uh, I'm I'm fine. I like opening. I like opening for these guys. I've got I've got no errs and graces saying, oh no 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 no. I need to I need to be on later. So I want to get on and get off and enjoy myself. Yeah. Jeez. Huh. Well, Terry, I'd like to finish up with two final quick questions. Yep. Taking us away from all your music, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and every all the great songs you've done. But when you sit back and relax. What do you like to watch on TV? What's your favorite TV shows now and oh, of the past? You, you, you'll laugh when I say this. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get ready to laugh. Jeopardy. Jeopardy, okay. <laughs> I love it. And when I go away, I, I set the recorder. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not that anymore, is it? It's all digital. But, yeah, I set it. And, 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 and then sometimes I come back after 10 days and just have a complete Jeopardy day. Wow. <laughs> no, I love it. I mean, in fact, yeah, that, that I like. Uh, I like sport. I'm a real huge sports fan, but, but mainly English, English football, English soccer. That's what I was raised with. Yeah. And I, as I said, I nearly played for, for well, Liverpool. The, the Liverpool are a fantastic team. Uh, and they, 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 I nearly signed for them when I was 14. Wow. But I'll be honest, I don't think I had, uh, I mean, I could run. And I, I was very athletic, but I didn't have the, the physical, I mean, they, I, I did three trial matches, you know, tryouts, mm-hmm. and I got kicked up in the, uh, I was black and blue. Oh, and I thought to myself, well, I think I'd rather be on stage playing the guitar <laughs> with girls screaming than this. I think there's, and then what I'll do is I'll just be a big Liverpool fan for the rest of my life. <laughs> it sounds like a good deal. <laughs> well, yeah. No, no, I, uh, yeah, I do. I love telly. I love the news. I'm, obviously, yeah, t- the TV, especially over here in the United States, it, it, it's absolutely incredible uh, the news coverage i'm interested in the politics uh i, I don't have any particular uh, you know uh, I, 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 british politics i understand i'm not too sure i understand u.s politics <laughs> but no i do i do find it, it all very interesting and uh I'm very relaxed. I like, I love, I've got a couple of nice little cars. I, I like tinkering around with my cars, driving around. I live in Florida, which is, it has been a little bit cold. Mm-hmm. But I, I do love life down there. I always wanted, first time I came to Florida, I used to, t- when I had a you know, young family back in the 70s and everything, I I remember I used to come over every year to uh, to to a place called Key Biscayne, yep. which is, you know, just south of Miami. And mm-hmm. I would, you know, always take the kids to Disney World. And I just love the weather. Yeah. Uh, so one day, one day when, when I'm old and gray, well, thankfully I'm not that, I'm old, but I'm not gray yet. But <laughs> one day I thought I'm going to live in Florida. Yeah. And I am. That's where I do. That's where I do. That's where I live. I'm on the beach. I've got a place on the beach. I'm just looking out the window. It, it's just getting a bit dark, but I can see the ocean. Mm-hmm. And, and life is good. That's all I can tell you. That's great. Terry, I thank you so much. It's been an honor to have you on the show, and I thank you for sharing with us. I hope I haven't rambled too much, and I'm sure you can edit, edit the good <laughs> bits and the, you know get rid of all the nonsense. Cheers, Brian.
Wonderful guests joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Terry Sylvester, I want to thank him so much for taking the time to talk to us and share. And if you get a chance, be sure to check out a Terry Sylvester concert. And he's going to hear, uh, be play some great songs for you, bring back a lot of memories, and uh, play a lot of good tunes, too. So, uh, you know, like I say, I've always loved Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress. It's just a, just a great song. And, uh, of course, The Air That I Breathe, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother, uh, those are just classics. So uh, I want to thank him so much for taking the time to join us here at On Screen and Beyond. Hope you enjoyed that one. If you have a suggestion for a guest, do not be afraid to send it to me. I love hearing from you. It helped me to find guests to put on because, uh, you know, we've had, uh, we're, we're edging up to 500 guests here pretty soon. And, uh, you know, there's still a lot of people we can interview, but it helps when you give me some ideas because then I can at least start looking. Uh, you can't always get the people, but uh, we try, and uh, I hope that you'll uh, send it to me at, at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Love to hear from you. Or if you just want to, you know, send me a message on uh, onscreenandbeyond.com. Uh, just do it right there, feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Uh, also on Facebook, you can do that. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, and uh, it's just uh, another way to get in touch with me. So uh, go ahead, let us know who you would like to have a guest as a guest, and uh, we'll see what we can do. And that's it. That's a wrap for this week. We got another great guest coming your way next week. Hope you hope you're going to join us because uh, uh, this guy is uh, got a lot of lot of great shows that he's uh, written and and everything, but. Uh, that's coming up next week, so I hope you're going to join me. So that's a wrap. Until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care.